Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back, friends. Another episode of Pushing Back Chaos. How you all going out there? I'm well. I'm here with uh, Mike and <laughs> a very tired-looking Tio. Poor, poor Uncle Raph. Left <laughs> in. He promised me he was going to meet us, and he rolled in an hour and 25 minutes late. 40, 45 minutes before he actually got online, we got a message coming on now. And then he pulled the blankie back up to his chin and he shut his eyes for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's like, his hair is like going in 50 directions. His little face is all wrinkly. And uh, we all know that when that bed is so warm and the, the blankie hits your chin, <laughs> it's like when you push the snooze button for just a second. We, yeah. uh, we, we, we talked about it a little bit. The other week is just like when you wake up and you convince yourself that like, okay, I have to get up and move, but I can still stay sleepy, you know, but your eyes are closed and you're just like kind of guiding yourself through the force throughout the yeah. room. That, that's what Tio looks like right now. It just Some, Sometimes I won't lie. When I got to get up in the middle of the night to meet you guys, I'll be like, I'll just go down there. I'm not going to have coffee. I'll do the... I'll do the episode and I'll be able to go back to bed and fuck, I never do. I'm always fully, <laughs> fully awake at the end of it. Yep. Ralph was literally doing neck rolls and, and slapping himself in the face 10 seconds ago. <laughs> trying to kickstart the, kick the little ADCC motor. Have you guys ever slept so hard where you are laying in bed and you're convinced that you're doing something or something's already been done and you're like, yeah, I'm good to go. And I can, I can take five more minutes of sleep. I've literally laid in my bed before, imagined that I'm putting on my pants and my t-shirt, and then I wake up 20 minutes later, and there's no progress. Like, none of that happened, but I was so convinced. I was like, oh, I'll just get dressed, put my stuff on, fall back asleep for five more minutes, and then I can get up and go. And I wake up, and I'm in my underwear, and I'm like, I totally, <laughs> I fucked up everything. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, Why don't we get... Why don't we cut to an expert and see? (laughs) I woke up and when I saw the screen, I was like, this is my fucking nightmare right here. Like, this is literally my nightmare. I was like, it's not, they're not going to stop. Like, it's not even that I'm late. I don't care. I already told you guys, this is the power move. I'm just trying to show you that I'm more important than you. I'm mostly (laughs) upset. I'm mostly upset that it's going to go on for ages and I have the show notes. That's probably like the, that's the real rock in my pocket. <laughs> about, about an hour ago, I was like, I don't think Tio's coming on. And then there was a message coming on now. And then 30 minutes after that, I was like, oh no, I'll just chew the fat here with Mike and it'll all be good. Chesu was here. We were having a great time. And then, <laughs> and then there was a connection <laughs> established. <laughs> Wakes on, up. The other, on the other side of the black hole. <laughs> He's got a stretched out white t-shirt on, just sitting at the edge of his bed, like, you know, in blacked out room. Just, uh, yeah, Have you guys ever seen, you know, I'm sure everyone out there has seen like a little little kid, like a, a two-year-old who's in their high chair and they're trying not to fall asleep. They're trying to eat and their head sort of wobbles around. That's exactly what's happening with, with him. It's a grown man and his head keeps going back like 45 degrees. Wait, so I feel like uh, the people of the interweb need to understand though it's not like I just I have a reason for this I've been doing an all night just bender on hookers and blow and, and the blow's <laughs> starting to wear out the blow's really starting to wear out 
And so <laughs> I'm basically, I'm not saying I'm a hero, but not all heroes wear capes because I think a lesser person would be out cold. But I managed to sit here <laughs> with no Did you cocaine. Fly the, did you fly the aircraft in inverted like that Denzel Washington <laughs> pilot on coke? <laughs> actually, I'm really not. Well, yeah, it, it was actually a greaser, which I was really surprised because, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. But yeah. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. They wear they wear bed sheets tucked in their pants. the best he's like a little kid. He, he can't react either. He just sits there with his head back. Oh man. That bed is so it's, comfortable. It's this is why name. we need this is why we need video. We need to we really need to push video out so people can people can see what we see. <laughs> <laughs> oh well i think this is a uh, perfect example of going into the topic this week is how do we recover from a major mistake not a planned mistake <laughs> not a planned one as tio said but how do we recover from a mistake that we didn't meet maybe mean to perfect What's the segment. best bit is the best bit is why uh, tio proposed the, the topic <laughs> <laughs> And then he rolled in an hour and 25 minutes late and we're like, oh, awesome. This will fit into the topic. And he said, what the fuck was the topic? He, he didn't have an example for this topic of like how to recover from major, major mistakes. So he just fucked this away so that he could talk about why he did what he did. <laughs> it was all part of the plan. Yeah. And the recovery hasn't happened yet. It's still, we're still in it. Oh, that was a ruse. I didn't think you'd be able to see through it, Mike. <laughs> with your big with your knuckles on the ground without without giving too much away raf like what has you what has your last 24 hours looked like uh well i've been awake way more than 24 hours um i uh yeah i i, I caught a red eye i worked a red eye out to an east coast city and uh i, I tried to listen i tried to do the right thing I, I took a nap um in the middle of the day but you just the naps just don't really give you the I mean, listen, the flight went safe. Everything went great. But as soon as I lay down in that bed, like your body is willing to put up with whatever. But once you tell it like, hey, you can take a knee. It's like, bitch, I'm going to take more than a knee. And it, I just felt like a sack of potatoes. But here's the thing, though. I remember sitting down and looking at it. I was like, all right, I've got like 52 minutes. I was like, I, I could totally recharge in 52 minutes. And then I think there was some banter about you not coming on because of rugby or something about you're at the tailor trying to get your shorts to get a little bit smaller. And I was like, of course he is. So I was like, well, that, that means I've got another, I did the quick math. I was like, well, that's, that's like an hour and 20 minutes. I was like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's about the time you guys were like, Hey, we're going to come on. And I was like, okay, I'm up. I'm up. And then I, I was not up. Man. <laughs> well, well, this is an example of getting that together for our dear audience who we love. So how have you been going, Mike? Enough, enough giving rough shit for now. <laughs> for now, for now. I'm pretty tired. Uh, say so you look like, terrible, by the way. Thank you. thank you. Uh, I've been awake. I, I, I was helping my neighbor move uh, for, for a couple hours this morning, being a good neighbor, uh, like State Farm. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty tiring week. I've been training a bunch of... Uh, brand new brand new guys that are coming in and we're doing a little thing for them and teaching them all the basics so long long days doing that coming home late at night and 
honestly not sleeping too much and lots of my mind and my my personal life and uh just kind of revisiting goals and relationship stuff and thinking about uh you know steps forward and timelines and everything else it's kind of felt like you know going from a very busy job of like 12 hour days and then coming home and you know you you kind of find that peace at home and just kind of able to relax uh i haven't really felt that in the past week week and a half it's just kind of like coming home and it's like a whole nother layer of stress waiting for me like i have to come home and <clears throat> keep making tough decisions which is kind of common i get it but I think these these topics are a little bit more heavy than the conventional everyday ones of like, oh, I got to come home and take out the trash. I got to clean my place. I got to do that. This is like big time life decisions for me and uh, been pretty stressful, this, to say the least. A lot of journaling, a lot of reading and uh, talking to you guys. Well, talking to Melon because he's the only one that's fucking awake. But, <laughs> but but uh, Matt's you know. face looks like a baseball mitt right now. Hey, in in my defense, can I say something? Melon does traffic pattern work. I literally fly across the country, so of course you're gonna you're of course he's got more time on the ground. Am I wrong, Melon? You can say whatever you like at this stage. No, Brad. I'm asking. No, you'll have to you'll have to play this back tomorrow to understand what we're talking about in any case. You <laughs> Uh, but no shit like like mike thanks for sharing that with us like this is what life is like for people like i guarantee every single person listening to this has had those days where you just you leave work and you're freaking threaders like you you're burned out and you've been putting in and and i know people can think what you do for a living you know like it's it's high-end stuff we're talking about and then to get home and to be thinking again in your personal time. And I th- everyone has had that. Everyone has had that, those days and weeks when you just like, you know, your work bucket and your personal life bucket are both sort of at the top of the brim and you're like, fuck. Yeah. You try to do your best throughout the week and you keep that positive mindset, you know, like I, I got work to deal with. I'm still doing physical therapy uh, for my injury dealing with personal stuff with myself. And then, you know, I'd like to also just give a quick shout out to uh, my friends, Brady and Katie. They had a really rough week. Um, Really rough week. Uh, They're, they're about to have their baby in two weeks, which I'm extremely happy for. I'll be another uncle, uncle Mike. (laughs) So I'm pretty excited to meet little Leona, but uh, uh they just lost a family member to suicide the other day. And uh, I, I got a phone call and text about that. And it's just crazy, you know, just another layer on there to talk about and be there for some friends and talk about them and make sure that they're okay as well. And it's, 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 it's not just about me, uh, but it's a heavy, it's a heavy point right now for me with balancing all of that with my life my work, people I care about in their lives and what's going on and being able to take a couple minutes to listen and understand and feel for them and help them. It's a lot, you know, it's more realistic than waking up and just being like, Oh, today's the greatest day in the world. 
you know, the, those are, yeah. those are actually far and few between. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but some days it's just the grind and it's just like, damn dude, it's piling up, you know? Yeah. So that's my, I can, see, I can see it and hear it, you know? And, and I, like, I know, I just know people listening to this right now know exactly that sensation. And it's, I think it's what you just said there really touches on something like <clears throat> moments when everything is going okay. Like your family life, your personal life, your, your, your physical, your health, all, all of that sort of stuff. When there's not like something in one of those areas that is needing attention sort of right now, I think they're rare days. And I think we can sometimes get confused and feel like, that, no, 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 that's what life should be like. And, and no, 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 normally you've got something going wrong, something that needs your attention, a challenge or an opportunity, however you frame it in your mind, in one area. You know, like work is really piling it on and you're able to, you know, focus on that. But hopefully most of the time, those other areas are all under control. And it's, for me, I've always had the hard times when it's been like, you know, the, both both shoulders or, you know, I'm trying to keep a partition between work and family and it's like spilling over and things getting out of control. That's the, the times when I feel like I get overloaded Yeah, when, when I'm under the pump at work and stuff, stuff in my personal life is needing attention too. You know, like it's, it's sometimes you just, you're grafting through it and you've just got to be like back to your principles and, you know, your core values and, and just like review, like, am I, am I running true to these things? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's leaning on those four pillars we've talked about. You know, we talked about through Tender Warrior, everything else, being that leader, that warrior, that mentor, and just that friend or teammate, and being able to go through each of those and be like, who do I need to be? Who can I be? And do it, you know, and, and just be able to evolve and flex through through them. And you can't always be the sledgehammer and treat every issue like a nail. You know, it takes different uh, abilities and strengths and character to, to, to heal with each. And, you know, I'm making my way through, I'm, I'm not uh, perfect or anything at it, but I definitely feel like I'm more prepared to kind of deal with all of this at once. It's still heavy. Don't get me wrong. And like, I feel like I'm carrying thousand pounds this week, but I know I'm also, my base is strong enough to carry it, you know, even though it's uncomfortable, but and okay, it'll pass. And one of the things that you got in your corner now, Mike, is well, not not just now, but you have in your corner is you filling your life up with really great, strong, positive friend friendships and relationships to people who really love you. Yeah. So that there's, it's not just you know you're in leadership role, obviously at work. It's but it's not just you know you've got to come up with all the answers or you know you've got to push through. That, like you have a life full of people who are amazing and who love you and want the best. You know, well, you can reach to. from last week's episode from a very wise mini you, that is the greatest uh, currency that we have in this life is those relationships where you want them around to really enjoy the good times, but in the bad times, they're always going to be there for you to be honest and, and share the bad with the good. And that's what make things 
little bit more easy, a little bit more enjoyable, easier to understand, uh, balanced, you know, like the whole thing. So uh, I, I actually listened to Michael's episode probably three times this week, just me going through hard stuff. And I went back and listened to your son telling me uh, about what's important and and some kind of things. And it was actually just a relief. Uh, most of the time on my way home from work after a long day and kind of going home and knowing that like, it's not over yet. I got to go into a whole nother thing, but listening to Michael actually, actually helped prepare me mentally when I would get home. So it was good. I do, I do really want to shout out to both of you guys for how that episode unfolded. You know, it was like an idea that we sort of tutor and talked over. We've, we've, we've had a thought, uh, of having a series of interviews with younger people so that we can get a bit of an insight into the world for young people. That, you know, the media and everything can be like, these kids these days, you know, you sound like an old man with a hose wanting to hose kids off your front lawn. <laughs> but we sort of had the idea of, of an interview with Michael and, you know, I was, <laughs> I was sitting next to him just trying to not interrupt in any way the flow with you two guys and, you know, he looks up to you two guys both so much. And, you know, I thought you were both really great with him, like drawing answers out and, you know, such a safe space for him to be able to talk with you two guys. And I know that that interview is going to be there for him to listen to down the track. And like we've got, I've gotten heaps of feedback from family and friends about it. So I just wanted to acknowledge both of you guys for who you are for him because <clears throat> it's super clear who you are for him in that interview. You know, you two are like it was an immediate response of who you admire most of ever, of any man you've ever met or any character in a story, and it was you it was you two dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the band. It wasn't the band. No. Okay. No, not like I had that. We had we'd, we've been messaging with Simon, our our uh, Australian mate, recently, and I just was saying how my pretty much my overall aim as a father is just to fill my children's lives up with the most amazing humans I, I meet and just hold on to them and want them in my kids' lives. And I think that there's worse ways to raise your kids than to just try and get the best people you can find and just keep them around. And like, that's who you two guys are. And we know, we know like the three of us and, and Cherry obviously know that you two are going to be in our kids' lives for the long haul, you know? If anything were to happen, they got two great guys in their corner. Yeah, it was a it was a great thing to hear a thirteen year old talking with two grown men. It's rare, right? Like I think there should be more of it. There's there's things that can come out for everyone and positives on both sides. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's funny you say that because after we had that conversation with uh, Minnie Mellon, it it had like the thought had occurred and I had pondered about you know is that something that we're missing. Because you imagine that, you know, a couple hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, that was probably something that happened across the globe, right? You had these uh, generational uh, interconnections where, you know, the grandpa is talking to the younger kid. And, and they're, I mean, this is pre-social media, pre all this. So there was real time and the pace was, would a lot, would a lot for that, right? The pace of life then, the agrarian life would give you the space and the ability to actually sit down with that generation or two ahead of you and just really have like real deep rooted connections and conversations. And 
I think that I just feel like that's uh, definitely missing. I feel like, um, I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I've sat down with somebody like Michael or someone ahead of me. Well, I think the, the likelihood of me talking to somebody ahead of me uh, is a lot better because I'm around older people, right? I fly with a lot of captains, um, but not, not just at work, even, even uh, in my personal life versus, you know, the young people. I, I think that um, we owe it to them, you know, I think. Yeah. And yeah. ourselves. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, for, for selfish reasons. I was going to say, yeah. you should do for selfish reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stuff yeah. the kids. Man, fuck the kids. Yeah. <laughs> do it for yourself. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Like, like I've, I've been coaching the kids here for nine years and it's really, it's like a wonderful way to end the work week, come home and then have an hour and a half with these little people. And they don't, they don't give a shit about how your week's been. You know, like they just want to, charge around or, or not, or they want to stand on their foot's mate, their mate's foot or, you know, run around with a ball. And <clears throat> you, you'll find it rough as, as Soren grows, because you'll have his circle will be in your house. You know, you'll, you'll meet the parents. All of that will occur for you too. Like you will have more young people in your life, but there's a lot of benefit for the, you know, the mentor, not just the mentee, not just the young person to have that conversation you know, I, like I massively encourage people. I massively encourage people to do stuff like that with their kids. Let them, let them have that fireside chat that Raf's talking about that would have happened back in the day for just forever, for every, like thousands of generations, people sitting around the campfire with older relatives or people inside the, the circle of trust. And, and you just let all that, let all the values and banter and everything just percolate. Well, it's funny to, funny to hear you guys bantering me with my son participating in the banter. Yeah. I feel like that's a critical part of, you know, Australian male adulthood that you have to figure out. You've got to be able to return serve. He crushed you pretty good. It was funny. Yeah. Especially the pistachio comment was pretty funny. He's just sitting on a couch. He's always eating pistachios, you know. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um I think I think just that you know bef before we get into the topic, just the really cool part about all of that is what I take away from it is being able to be the person that I want to be for that person when they come to me asking for advice or are willing to have a conversation with me, and I'm comfortable to be who they need me to be as well. Um, just this week, I had one of these new guys that I'm training. Came from another team. He's kind of getting a fresh start, clean slate type thing. And he's got a little history to him. My, my buddy called me. That was his his leader. Gave me a quick rundown on it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sit down with this, with this kid. He, he's uh, early 20s. And uh, I was like, all right, man. Hey, just find some time, 15 minutes. And I just like to talk to you a little bit and kind of understand, like, what what's going on with you. So I can I can – I know who you are and what you're doing going through, but also like, I want to train you better and know what you need. And he basically sat down and just told me about uh, how basically his entire family life is crumbling. And his, his father is uh, a raging alcoholic, former uh, army special forces guy turned uh, to an aircraft pilot and uh, lots of physical abuse within his family. They live over, his family lives overseas. So when he's getting off of training, like late at night, he's getting phone calls in the middle of the night because it's morning there. 
hearing about all these things. He's like, I couldn't be present. I couldn't do this. And he was basically parenting his parents uh, in his early 20s. And you could just, you know, I can go down the rabbit hole with how many holy shits there are and red flags about what he was going through. And he's there trying to be an operator and doing high risk training with us. And I'm sitting there, you know, I, I took my rank off. I looked up and was like, Hey man, I'm taking this rank off. This is just me and you right now. Like we're, we're, we're going to talk as men. And uh, we talked for an hour that 15 minutes turned into an hour. And I'm, and I'm really glad that I did because now I really have an understanding about this guy that I'm supposed to be in charge of who I'm mentoring, who I'm teaching how to be uh, as a man and as an operator, because I came in at 19 years old and I know what it's like being young and impressionable and going through stuff. And I was just really happy that I felt like I, I could be who he needed me to be, to be able to talk about those things, which are very important because uh, you know, if things aren't good at home, things aren't going to be good at work or vice versa. And you need to have that, those people that you can surround yourself with. So I got them for another couple of weeks and I'm really just going to kind of like keep my eye on them and pop in and pull them aside and be like, Hey man, you know, and just continue being that guy who needs me to be, he doesn't need me to be the leader all the, all the damn time. Uh, yeah. that, that's not who I should be either. And uh, I, I think, you know, it, it's necessary as Raph has said, it's necessary to mentor and coach and, and bring this next generation up the right way. There's, there's something really good as well in, in when someone's had a hard time at work, you know, they've perhaps something's gone on their jacket, you know, there's something written on a bit of paper somewhere, an incident has happened to be able to have a fresh start, actually be a fresh start. And, you know, like a root cause analysis, like very rarely do we ask, why has this happened more? It's like, how do we not have it happen again? Or, you know, we're really into sort of like a, it can be a fix the patch, the problem up afterwards or punish the individual or, and, and taking that time to figure out what's going on in the background. Why would someone have a situation like that unfold? You know, like then you, you get the ability to actually address the root cause, mm-hmm. which, which will never come up if you're just in reprimands and, you know, on the front foot transmitting at people. So like there's a lot, there's a really a lot of benefit for you and for him and for the organization when you can slide into mentor or friend with someone, Like that's a really excellent space to be able to create for people. And you, you feel, you feel like I, I know young people and I don't know what I was like if I, Got, got advice and I did get good advice along the way, how you, you are able to adjust and improve and be better than you were yesterday and not have that always hanging over your head. Yeah. yeah. Well, so from here now, I know we're a little bit into the show and we're kind of covering, but these are all really good things to talk about. I feel better talking about it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Just being able to let it out. <laughs> this has been building up, but uh, what happens when we don't get these things right? And Raf kind of alluded to it the other day when he was bringing up this topic about uh, how do you recover from making a mistake or a major mistake? You know, maybe maybe we weren't the person we needed to be in a situation or, you know, we really made a decision that messed things all up. And now we're in this mode of the unknown or 
some pain or some uncomfortableness that we brought on ourselves. So I think uh, turn it over to Sleepy here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Raph, would, would you like to just would, you, would like hair, to lead off with his hair? Is sta- his hair is standing like. 15 centimeters, like six inches straight up from his head. And the light is shining through it from behind. It's like he spent half an hour with gel and a comb, like getting his hair into that position. It's it's pretty extraordinary. Well, it it doesn't surprise me. So if if anybody that knows Raph or actually seen a side profile shot, the back of his head is straight in line (laughs) with his neck. It literally goes straight up. I, I don't know if it's because like p- people just didn't want to hold him because he was an ugly baby and they just always put <laughs> him on the floor. But like his, the back of his head's like completely flat. So when he lays on any surface, his hair escapes to the top of his head. You know? It actually right now it kind of looks like a toupee that it might just be glued up there or something, and it's just kind of popping up. So, Maybe there's wind blowing. Maybe there's wind in that apartment. He's got the AC just blowing right now on his sweaty <laughs> self. Do you reckon he was never turned as a baby? He was just he just lay flat on his back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Tio. He's having a big stretch in the yard. Can't even reply. He can't even reply. I've got nothing. I'm not going to lower myself to you two animals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us, Raph, how to recover from a major mistake. You've had thoughts about, about this and well, obviously all of us, every single one of us. You know, no one can put their hand up if you ask them who hasn't made a major mistake. And I feel like recovering well is, the, is the, the key. Getting through it, we can all sort of do that, but not having it be something that is hanging over our head for all time and generating shit down the track. That's That's really like the key part of this topic right so you know what thoughts have you had and experiences you've had that led you to think of this as a topic well one because like you said everyone's encountered it um in the words of mike i was having an introspective thought about this and i thought the reason it would be a good topic is because literally everybody depend it doesn't matter what where you're at in the scale of success everybody's had a major um you know, fuck up, so to speak. And most of us recover from it, maybe not in the direction that we think we wanted to recover, but we recover, right? It, I want to touch on something though that Mike just said, and it's, you know, regardless of whether something is happening to you now and how you feel about it and how you feel, whether you can deal with it or not, just remember that it too shall pass. But at the same time, even if the things are great and everything's perfect and Everything's jiving and in sync. That too shall pass too. I mean, the point I'm trying to make is you, life is always in a constant flux. I know that we're always trying to fight to keep some sort of level of organization and and kind of like uh, just things going along the way, but you know, it's not the way life works. So just just accept the fact that these challenges are going to come. But just before you bog yourself down, just remind yourself this too shall pass. You know, it's the same thing when it's the times are great. Don't get too excited about it because that too shall pass and you'll be back at the uh back at a place where you're, you're dealing with some demons so anyways uh, but i but mike you said it almost in the beginning you said he's like yeah yeah you said something basically along the lines of you know i know this is going to pass but that but that's but that's important because i think that if your brain if you don't make that conscious thought or that conscious uh if you don't say that thing consciously 
it's really easy as humans to kind of, and we did an episode on this, it's really easy to just kind of stick in that negative loop, right? Because you think you're trapped, like, oh, this relationship, this, these things that are, that are, are drowning me are, aren't, are just going to drown me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep moving forward from this, but the truth, but it's simply not true. I mean, you're more than capable. You just have to convince yourself that this is a temporary ailment and you're just going to drive on. And this is going to be, you know, in a week, you're going to look back and be like, you know, while you're crushing a margarita on the beach or, you know, whatever, like you're just going to be in a higher elevated uh, state of mind. And you're going to look back and be like, yeah, that wasn't so bad, but it's always when it's behind us, right? It's never in the middle of it. Not while it's ahead. Like you said, there's a couple things you're not looking forward to and it feels like it's a lot of weight. So anyways, I kind of digressed. The reason we really came here though, was to talk about um, how you recover from a major screw up. And I've had some pretty significant ones and I'm trying to decide which ones I want to share, which was that I don't, some are pretty personal. Some are uh, related to, to, to me professionally. But I think the first thing, I think that regardless of whatever the mistake is, there are two things that I found to be super concrete. And uh, I don't know if they're just anecdotal, but looking back, I think they were very, it's very smart that I did the things that I did. And one of them is once I made that mistake and I'll share my mistakes here in a minute, I didn't let it define me. Now that's easier said than done because you, if you're anything like me, if you're anything like anybody else just trying to like set a, a good example or set a good name for yourself, um, you know, your actions kind of define you. So if there's a massive mistake, it's immediately you're like, it, and listen, even if, even if you don't let it define you, maybe people in your organization won't shut up about it. Maybe they don't stop talking about the fact that you did X, Y, Z. So in a way, it has kind of defined you. So that makes it even that more, that much more challenging. But I mean, that is literally one of the most, I think about the biggest mistakes I've ever done. And the first step that literally kind of turned me to success was I remember thinking to myself, I, I know you screwed up. I know you feel like a, a POS, but don't let this define you. Like do not, and I, it was something that I would tell myself daily. And if I was in a room where, people were aware of what I've done. And obviously I was embarrassed or I was, I felt small. I would convince myself, like, don't let this define you. Don't let this define you. It's not who you are. Don't, you know, don't, don't allow it to define you. Um, and I, and then the other one is, and it, it kind of coincides with it, but it didn't always happen at the same time. Um, I just had an honest assessment in the mirror with myself, right? Like, and really that, that honest assessment more was about, am I doing the right things? to get away from this massive mistake, to, to get the attention away from it, or, you know, kind of like build myself back up to whatever it is that I was trying to build back up to. Um, it, it, and none of these happened overnight. I think that's really important that we establish that right now. It, none of this was like, I fucked up on Tuesday. And by Wednesday morning, I was like, yep, everybody forgot what I just did to, you know, Tuesday night. And, you know, no one's going to, you know, I'm not going to let this define me. And I've assessed who I am and this isn't who I am. And I'm going to move on. It's, some of the cases that I'm about to share took years, absolute years. Um, others, not as much, right? Um, yeah, so I think those, as far as I'm concerned, those are the two, the two most monumental things or um, practices that you can do when you do screw up and you're trying to move out of that, 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 that space. Um, the first one, and I'll, I'll share it. It's a little personal, but I'll share it. Um, you know, I, I talked about, I alluded it, or I alluded to this, um, I think back when we were in the other, under the other brand, 
not your average operator. But I, I did say, you know, for a while I had, uh, which was really strange for me, but I had uh, struggled with like kind of an addiction to pornography. That's really what it is. No, or there's nothing else to call it. Right. Um, and it's, and it's crazy because I've never been a big porn guy. I was never a big, uh, you know, I had to wake up and watch 20 minutes of porn. Like I, when I was young, I could care less about it. I, I never went out of my way for it and didn't buy it, didn't do any of that crap. Fast forward, I'm deployed to Afghanistan and I get exposed to quite a bit of pornography. And at the time it just seemed like, you know, harmless fun. You know, it's like, ah, you know, it's kind of a funny story. It was, you know, somebody in the unit just basically walked up to my door and knocked and said, it's your turn. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's this terabyte of like all the movies in the world. I mean, just all of them. Um, and again, I, I was like, okay, I, I don't know what it was. I clicked on and there was like, you know, countless movies. Anyways, that's kind of where it started. Well, that layered with some issues that I had in my personal life it, in my marriage really, really caused some serious hurt, some serious hurt and some serious pain. And I'm specifically talking about my wife, right? Um, because at the time, I didn't see it as like a form of infidelity, but that's exactly what it was because I was more into this watching porn than I was into being in a loving, caring relationship. And I, the reason I'm willing to talk about this because this isn't, I'm not unique to it. Like, it's not like I'm the only one. I bet you that this number is in the hundreds of millions. And I feel bad for the younger people that are growing up into this. I was very fortunate. You know, when I was growing up, it was all paper covers and like CD, CD stores that I wanted nothing to do with. Now it's at the, at the, it's at the touch of a, of a fingertip and it's yeah. everywhere. This, uh, this is a huge thing, Raf. This oh, is absolutely. Absolutely. Every, but, every child has access to a device, every teenager, laptops for, for school. It's, a, it's everywhere. It's, a, it's, it's out there in a way that it never was. And evolution, there's a lot of evolutionary drivers that are getting triggered by this stuff. There's a reason why it's so pervasive and that this issue, it's not just men either, it's women as well. Yeah. And on, on deployments, yeah, hands up. I've seen some stuff on deployments that I've, you know, I wouldn't want in the house. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the crux of the whole thing though, is it's the damage that I had done to my marriage, right? The, that was the mistake. And that's the one that I, even to this day, I look back and I, I'm still ashamed. I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I put this woman that's just, just a smoke show. I mean, just, a, just absolutely beautiful person inside and out that I swore that I would, you know, devote myself to. And, uh, and, you know, it, again, this wasn't something that, happened overnight i mean this took a while a while to recognize and then a while to recover from and so that 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 recovery phase was massive i mean it was a lot of effort mostly from my end a lot of it from hers and you know just being patient praying about you know praying for me and and listen and i'm being completely honest I, it wasn't like i had a clean recovery it wasn't like i just you know up and you know once i recognized it that was the start of like going the right direction. But I had a lot of failures, hundreds, if not thousands, shortly after that, because it is an addiction. I mean, I would go months and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not addicted anymore. And guess what? Whenever I found myself alone in the house and nothing else going on, oh, I guess it wouldn't hurt to go in there. I mean, I'm not addicted. I'm just going to go in there for like three minutes. And then next thing you know, you're in there for like 24 hours with a beard. You're like, what the, the hell just happened? Uh, but so... Anyways, I, this was a continual thing. And this was something that I literally had to battle with. And even to this day, I still like, if I start having those sort of thoughts, I'm like, you know what? This isn't, it's not what I want defining me, right? Like I have so much better 
I just have things that I can really focus my energy on. But I mean, I remember the very beginning of that. I mean, it, the, the struggle was real and it was, and it was difficult because, you know, you're by yourself. This isn't like I'm out in a crack house doing cocaine or I'm out, you know, um, in a seedy area where you can get caught. I mean, you could literally not get caught for a long time. And I think that's, that was part of the problem that there was no, I want to say accountability, but there's no transparency, right? Like everything was on the surface, everything seemed well, but underneath the surface, there was like some serious, serious um, degradation of my, just my human soul, right? Because you start to minimize uh, women to just body parts, which is, you know, I mean, and I can go, I mean, I've got sisters, I've got a wife, I've got a mother. And when you think about what you start to do, I mean, it's just, it's one immediately it's embarrassing Two, it's extremely destructive. Um, not to mention the pain that I, that I caused my wife. Um, but yeah, I, again, the two most fundamental thoughts I had to completely practice and really say was, I'm not going to let this define me. And I had to take real assessments, real honest assessments in the mirror. Like I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, you're still acting like a, like a piece of shit. You need to get this, like you need to do something, whatever it is, whether it's the Bible, whether it's prayer, whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, talking to her about it, whether it's, you know, it, <laughs> to be completely honest, one of the, the biggest tools I had in terms of accountability was uh, my friend, James Boggs, James and I had a massive conversation about this and, and he understood. And he was like, he started laughing. He's like, ask me how I know. And I'm like, and it's just, that was a sense of a relief, but you know, there's a lot of multiple tools for a lot of people, but I, I say, I call this a, a massive screw up because it is right. I, I hurt one of, I mean, the person that I love the most outside of, outside of my son. Um, and that's a terrible place. That's a terrible position to be in. If you're, you know, if you're a human being, if you have no soul, then you probably don't care. And that's a whole different other episode. But um, anyways, that, that's a, I don't know if you guys have anything to add or say or ask or, but uh, that's it. That's heavy, dude. And I know it's heavy because I was in the same boat. I dealt with porn issues on deployments and being gone for so long. And, you know, uh, when I, when I was previously married, you know, I, I, I had issues with that as well. And I, I think everybody does. I think almost every every guy that I've been around has had some type of struggle with it because it's easily accessible. You're in these places where there's, you know, it, you're in a desert or you're in the mountains and there's nothing around. And we're, we're human beings. We have urges. We have hormones. We have all kinds of stuff. And it's just it's bound to happen, you know. So uh, I struggled with it. Uh, for a long time too, man. And uh, over the, these last two years, I've, I've really tried to uh, hone it in myself. Am I perfect? No, I'm not. I still have days where I, where I'm like, damn it. Like, why did I just do that? You know, and kind of the same thought of like, Oh, I'm not addicted. I'm, I'm good to go. And you know, it's been a long week and I'm just like, Oh, I just, you know, whatever. So it, it's, I know everybody goes through it. You know, nobody wants to talk about it because it makes you sound like this sick individual or something. But what I'd like to, what I'd like to address uh, is the two things. So we're talking about making mistakes. And I think there's a mistake versus that in an unhealthy choice. Uh, so I kind of broke it down. I wrote here on my notes. So a mistake, if, if, if I go up to one of you guys and I'm like, Hey, I made a mistake. Okay. Usually that means initially I had good intentions for others or a specific person. So like, Hey, I made a decision because I thought this was going to be good for you. 
you know, and the reason I'm calling it that is because I'm, I'm, it's kind of an educated thought process that I'm putting in behind it. So with the information that I had at the time, the relationship with the person that I had at the time or with myself is just like, Hey, I thought this was going to lead to something better. And that's why I did what I did. I never saw the stuff that I couldn't see coming and it was wrong and I made a mistake and I, I apologize, right? To me, that's a mistake. An unhealthy choice is usually coming from selfish intentions where you're not thinking about the other person or anybody else. And it's just what I want in the moment. And then there is no real educated thought process behind it. It's kind of, you get to that mindset where you're like, fuck it or, or screw it. I, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Now things are just going to happen the way it is. And you're just, it's, it's very empty on the back end. That's an unhealthy choice. You chose knowing that it wasn't the best choice and there was no thought process behind it. You just kind of like, well, it's just going to be what's going to be, whatever, screw it. And then those unhealthy choices become habit and keep going. So when when I hear people be like, I made a mistake. Okay, can you explain why you did what you did? Yes, I can. And they can very thoroughly go through and explain, yeah, I thought A, B, and C were the right answers, but I never thought about D, E, and F, and I'm, I just wasn't in the right mindset. Okay, that's a mistake. I, you know, I forgive you. I understand. But when it's like, hey, I made a mistake, well, what'd you do? Well, I went out and cheated on you. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. Let me hear you out. What happened? Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks later. Hey, I, I cheated on you again why well the same reasons and then a week later i cheated on you and you're like hold on a minute this isn't a, this these aren't mistakes these are choices you know and 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 that's where the difference lies um so when you hear people say it or when you're doing an evaluation on yourself you should be able to go back and kind of categorize yourself into one of the two like what is this that you're doing and be honest with yourself and put your, you know, write it down. Like I just did in my notes, I have a mistake and unhealthy choice and what leads to both. And there is a difference. So that's kind of how I look at these things. Go ahead, Melon. That's a good distinction, Mike, that like an error or a lapse or a slip and a mission. These are things that I know in classifying aircraft incidents versus a violation with some intent. And that can be a, a positive way to break it out. The, the the key thing that I'm I'm interested in is like the the how to recover part, like the mistake or the uh, bad choice is going to be different for everyone, and we've all we've all got our own bad ones, and we've all got our own the worst one we've ever done. And I think the key part is like Raf addressing it and owning the problem, and being like I need to put in train steps to prevent this and making further mistakes and, and whatever, but not, not stopping, not quitting on himself is like the, the heart of the story. Like you addressed it and owned it. And then that gave him power to do something about it rather than being like, this isn't a problem and being stuck in the loop. And I mean, my, my major mistake, and I, you know, it's probably I hadn't thought the way you'd thought about this, Mike. That's probably more a bad choice. 21 years ago, 
right back at the start of my relationship with Chezza, like a month in, um, an old girlfriend came to town and massive regret that I spent time with her for a weekend. And it was like the second day together and I was really like, what the fuck am I doing here with this old flame who I'd really had had a wonderful relationship with years before. And I just, I'd succumbed to this, like a moth to a flame. And in the midst of, I just met Jerry. I'd met her like a month before. We just had like two or three dates and um, like recovering from that and addressing that and just being like, telling the old girlfriend that this was something that was not going to work and, you know, hurting her and then going over to Cherry's house on my own at night time, knocking on the door of her house. And she literally, she, she freaking women's intuition, she had picked up something and she just opened the door and stepped outside and shut the door behind her. And it was like, you can say what you need to say I'm outside my house. And I just had to fall on my sword you know, and like what Raf was saying there about addressing it and owning a problem and just being like, I'm, I have one, only one way to get out of this and it's by trying to restore my integrity with someone that I really f- feel I've massively broken my word with and the outcome, this person could tell me I'm a piece of shit and never want me in their life again and they'd be well within their rights and there's no way I'm able to force an outcome here. I can't trick this person or have them want to be with me if they don't want to be with me after this. But I, I owe it to them and I owe it to myself to not, to not have this behavior be swept under the rug or something I've got to carry with me. And like, I, th- I think about it and I'm like, thank God I freaking did. Thank God 21 years ago, I went and addressed this. And, you know, I was really able to, f- I mean, an amazing woman, an amazing person to accept that apology and, you know, to have some sense of understanding how that situation could unfold for a person. But I got to put it in the past. I got to, I got to start from that point freshly with no lie, no massive lie in, in the relationship from before, like right at the start. And I could have had that in the relationship as a secret and carried that with me, you know, and that would have been like a burden. It would have been chewing me up. Like there's no way that that would have stayed in the past. There's no hold a magnet to the side of your head and erase the memory and be able to move on as if that thing didn't happen. And so my thing about how to recover from, as Micah said, a bad choice is you, ha- you have to square your shoulders and you, you have to take responsibility for what you've done and you have to go and make it right with the people you've hurt regardless of what the outcome is going to be. And you have to give them the chance to... Um, they, they have to be able to choose what they want to do with reality, with information from reality, not with a, a fake or a pretend situation where you're bullshitting them they get to choose knowing everything, the warts and all. And, and that was right at the start of my relationship. Like I'm talking a month after I met her. And I think 
dealing with it like that gave us something in the beginning that really helped us for the rest of the marriage. There was like a an immediate foundation got put down where she knew she could trust me because I had just fessed up to this right at the start. And it's a, you know, it's a shameful thing to talk about. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad that I took those steps, you know, and there was further steps that needed to be taken later to rectify my relationship and repair my integrity with my former girlfriend as well who'd been hurt in the process. God damn, these are the hard things to talk about. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know all three of us are sitting here thinking of uh, past past things where we, we made mistakes and, and unhealthy choices. And I know that everybody listening is uh, probably saying, yeah, that's me too, because more than likely that's the case. And then if you're sitting there saying, no, that's not me, you're probably lying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Here's the, here's the thing I reckon. There's a, a real thing is you, you can either drag this fucking red caboose around the back of your train for the rest of your life we've all got them or you can try and do something about it and you can try and square the ledger and give other people the chance and give yourself the chance to have a future without this thing and it's you know hall of mirrors and being out like raf like raf owning it and it's uncomfortable and it's um you know me really being like what the fuck have i just done and you know recognizing that i have to give these other people this information and they're going to do with it what they will and all i can do is try and take responsibility for what i've done and give them a chance to know me but either way i'm going to have integrity back yeah asking those pointed questions and communication is massive when you're trying to admit a mistake or an unhealthy choice. Uh, think about the words that you want to use before you try to explain it. You don't want to come in hot or emotional. Uh, you don't want to have something where, Hey, I got good intentions. And then one thing sets me off and then I just blow up because then you're not getting anywhere and your character is going to look way worse than it is. You know, I, I think of an example of, um, a couple that I know were having some relationship issues and they, they were like, we need to have a serious conversation about this. And then they came in and, and it was just kind of attacking each other. Like as soon as one person admitted something and it was like, oh, so that is this. And, and then there was no calm. There was no honest discussion. It was just like, let's turn it into a bashing and who's better than the other person. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like, it's not that anybody's better than another person because we all make mistakes. We all make unhealthy choices. We're all human beings. And if you don't have a basic understanding that like nobody on this earth is ever going to be perfect, then you're kind of setting yourself up for this unrealistic expectation of who you're supposed to be with or like what's going on. Cause it's like, we're always going to, you know, there was only one person on this entire earth that was ever perfect. And, you know, to, you know, to me, that's, that was Jesus. And, you know, even, even he was, you know, what did we do with the perfect person in the world? We, we nailed him to a cross and called him a liar, you know, so that just shows human beings and who we are. Um, and took me a while to understand that too, by the way, that's been another journey, but, uh, yeah, communication's huge. You know, 
being able to write it down, like I talked about, I just wrote here in like two minutes, mistakes, unhealthy choices, what leads to each. Where's my part in that? Talking about that ownership. What did I do to include into it? And then, uh, you know, what do I want as the outcome? You know, hey, I'm going to admit this mistake to you. And I want to be clear and honest with you. I want you to understand why I did what I did. Know that it wasn't intentional, but it's just the way it happened. And now what next? I want to continue this relationship with you. I want to make things better. I want to establish some type of new style of uh, communication where this doesn't happen again between us. Uh, or the unhealthy choices. Hey, I have a problem, whether it's pornography, whether it's drinking, whether it's your, your habitual narcissistic liar. And you're like, I need to get help or go to counseling. Like that's my way forward. And the best way is for us not to be together until I fix myself. You know, you got to have a goal. You got to have a way forward, not just, Hey, here's the shit sandwich. There it is. Let's just stare at it. Not, not clean the table, not do anything. Just leave it there. Okay, great. You're not going to, that's not healthy. Go ahead, ref. I was going to say, I think it's important to, uh, it's important to say this. Another thing that I, that I had really leaned on with that struggle um, was when I also made the decision. So clearly when I was making these, you know, terrible, unhealthy decisions, mistakes, whatever you want to call them, there's a lot of like, I mean, just fucking buckets of shame that usually followed immediately after the action or, you know, whatever it was. And for a while, I would say the motivation to try to like curb that, that, that insidious um, addiction was to like, just because I didn't want to feel ashamed. Right. And it wasn't until, and it kind of dawned on me later, like it wasn't until I switched from just trying to avoid the shame to really just something more positive. Like it's not that I don't, I mean, of course I don't want to feel shameful, but really the more, important thing the thing that gave me the most courage to and really the will to just really try harder was that I wanted to honor my wife because it's one thing to just be like well I don't want to feel that that level of shame but once I turned it into something that was like so much bigger like I don't want to you know it's like you said I I don't want to feel shameful but more importantly I want to honor my wife I think once I kind of framed it in that regard it it became easier for me to actually kind of not have those thoughts and if i did have those thoughts it was easy for me in the moment to just kind of cut the legs off right versus as before you kind of convince yourself like well you know yeah but you haven't done it in a while it just it was it was just a weird thing that i somehow by reframing it from i'm just trying to avoid shame to actually no it's bigger than that i want to honor my wife i mean that just i think that's really the accelerant that made me turn and kind of really just you know get away from that and have control over it yeah because it, it is like a carrot and stick thing like there is you can't avoid a negative you can't avoid this negative thing that you're going to carry into your future you know like you can you can actually have healing you can release that weight and then you as so you're avoiding a negative and then you can have this positive future with this new relationship with a lightness and a trust and integrity and you know, the ability to relate and be human with each other can be like the massive positive. So you can have both, both of these things that can really help motivate you to get into action when you need it. 
So you can like you can look at like what your life would be like if you never address this issue. You never actually recover from this fuck up that is in your past. And then you can compare it to the life that you could lead when you like, right, what if I took action and I resolved this? What if I went and apologized to this person and let them know? And I did it in a way that they got to see how deeply that has affected me and how desperate I am to change and all the rest of it. What 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 could that positive future relationship be like? What could it be, what could it feel like to be me in that future? Versus if I let this thing just fester and get out of control, what 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 hell would that be like? And if you if I mean if you can do that really picture the two you really let it go crazy and then you're the one where you really address it i think all of us would just be freaking massively motivated to get into action and 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 for me it's the action that's going to lead to the recovery like thinking about it and wishing for it and stuff is never going to deliver the goods and you're going to be stuck in it yeah it's no way to live I, I think all three of us have probably carried things way longer than we should have. And that little monster in there just likes to eat. And no matter how many smiles, no matter how many great pictures and bullshit you can put out there, it's still in there living. And it's just like, you know, you wake up every day with it, you go to bed with it. And until you face it, you know, like, like Dr. Jordan Peterson, like he says in there, the, the, the place where you need to go that you're going to get your peace is where you least want to go, you know, and that's usually deep down, like within yourself. And you got to get down there and be like, what is that monster in there? What's that guilt, whatever it is. And you just got to face it and go through it and address it. And then it, like, it's going to give you peace. It's going to, you know, cause as soon as you bring it up, you're going to hear one of your best friends that you have in your circle, just go, Oh yeah, that's me too. And you're like, really? Oh, I thought it was just me, you know, and then you can start understanding that like, you're not the only one that everybody goes through these problems. Uh, and then you can find a healthy pathway out of it, you know, and you don't have to carry that weight anymore. And, and you can refocus on more healthy decisions and learn from it, you know, learn from it and make those decisions to not, you know, just be careless or have somebody hold you accountable or hold yourself accountable in different ways and don't let it happen again. It's so much better. And, and, you know, like I've got a super close relationship with that old girlfriend now. Like we're really, we're in each other's lives. We know each other's kids. We know each other's partners. The four, the two spouses are, are really close friends as well. Like there's, there's a different kind of life on the other side of having taken action to restore the integrity. I think there's a category in Pornhub for that. Oh God. Way to finish this. Jesus. I mean, if you can't make fun of yourself, right? If you can't make fun of yourself, you're not living a life worth living. Well, we've been making fun of you plenty. So and you Gosh. usually give it to me every week too. So yeah, good. I feel like, lucky. I feel like sleepy Espinosa needs to go back to bed. <laughs> I do for the safety of, of my passengers in, in a day. With his two foot of hair sticking straight up. Uh, that's well, bad head. You guys ruined my bad head. <laughs> we didn't ruin it. So, major mistakes, major bad choices. I think every single one of us has them in our past, and uh, we've all got a worst one. And you know, 
sleeping through the night rather than waking up at 3 a.m. thinking about it every so often. There's a level of peace and uh, happiness and fulfillment that can be on the other side of addressing it with whatever you need to do. And I think screwing your shoulders up to it and getting into action is going to help all of us maybe really thinking about how bad it could be if you let it get out of control versus how good it could be if you really address it. Could be a good way to get yourself into action. And, uh, you know, I hope all of you guys listening out there have people in your life like I've got with uh, Mike and Raf that we can really, really talk about shit that's serious and that affects everyone and uh, in, in a safe and blame-free and open environment. You know? And if you don't have it, then I think you should... You should look around you and see what you can do to create it because I think you're going to find you've got amazing people in your life, no matter who you are. So pushing back chaos 14, how to recover from a major mistake, major bad choice. Until, uh, until next week, I think we're going to let you go. Take care.